0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Kane and Rince podcast, volume 12, issue 591. And today we're going to talk about the F-Zero series. Joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, we have Karl Moon. Hey, everyone. And Mikhail Kroder.
1: I'm a hero in the F-Zero. <laughs> which, which of the characters is that? It's uh, uh, I think it's the first uh, story cutscene in FRGX story mode where you hear somebody uh, sort of barking that on a mic in some sort of oh, weird yeah. futuristic rap track. That's it. Yes. Yeah,
0: there's a few tracks with lyrics in and around that. Game, yeah, aren't there? yeah, yeah, very memorable but lines. Indeed, memorable yeah. is one word for it <laughs> for sure. Yeah. We'll we'll talk more of that later. This is one of those shows, a bit like our fairly recent Ridge Racer podcast, where we're going to dive in and out of the various games in the series. There's a similar-ish number here, perhaps even slightly fewer. And we'll talk about our histories as we go along. And we've also got some correspondence, both from the community and also because we unceremoniously nerfed Ryan off the track. um, It's all my uh, fault. It's all, it's all, yeah. It is McKeel's uh, fault. We brought some, uh, he's he's posted some comments on our cane and rinse slack. So we're going to include those as well for extra insight. What is F-Zero? You probably know if you're listening to this podcast, but just in case you don't at its purest form, it is a fast paced futuristic racing game. And I just wanted to say at this point, I know it's quite a simple and obvious one, but I actually think F-Zero is a really cool and s- mildly clever title yeah compared to all the other future races which have not all of them but a lot of them have very clunky names or names that don't really say what they mean but f-zero it's one faster than formula
1: one there you go yeah
0: makes sense unless you thought that the formula cars counted upwards and what's case,
1: even better is that it can't get any faster than F zero, right? Unless we're talking F zero minus one or F minus one. I mean, yeah, F minus two. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: to all that end, and the consistency of having the the comic book stylings. Uh, so the first game really uh, it only really highlights four characters, possibly only names four characters. Um, but there was a comic book within the within the Western manual.
1: Yeah, and that's um, actually where the characters are named, because in the game itself, there's not even the pilot names. It's just yeah. t- the the four ships. Yeah,
0: good point. Yeah.
1: Only, I think, if you beat the game on Master difficulty, uh, <laughs> the, the King Cup, you will get a message from Captain Falcon saying that you're F-Zero Master or something like that.
0: Hmm, indeed. Yes, and I, I think that's only in the Western version as well. I'm not sure it name checks him in the Japanese version. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and the those four key characters or starting characters, they remained the cover stars all the way up to GX. So you've got Falcon, Samurai Goro, Pico, the alien, and the other fella, the golden fox guy. Dr. Stewart. Dr. Stewart, of course. Yeah. yeah. But as we'll discuss, uh, many, many characters were brought into the fray. Um particularly once we got to i mean you you could see them all in the n sixty four game uh and they each had a little you know graphical cameo picture done in the style of the the comic book art, but it was really um expanded with with g x where you actually you've got cut scenes kind of filling out the world and so on and so forth and it was actually around this time that Nintendo commissioned, a, was it a 51 episode anime? Um, yeah,
1: GP Legend, right? Yeah. It was yeah. after GX that they did that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so they were really behind this IP at one stage. <laughs> um, but as we go through the games, we'll hear kind of what happened. Anyway, the, uh, this, uh, this anime was released in, uh, or was, they started to show it in the US, not over here in the UK or anywhere else, as far as I know. But, the viewing figures were so bad they didn't even get to the end of it. Philistines. <laughs> um, so, yeah, any favourite characters among this crazy
1: roster? The, ori- the original four or uh, as uh, All, of them. Let, all let's, of them. Let's
0: expand out, yeah, because we think about it, I mean, there's only, uh, there's, yes, yeah, uh, six games in the series all told yeah, and the franchise and up until, obviously, we didn't know this, but F099 was shadow dropped in the run up to this show. That was the first release yeah. for basically two decades. Um, but yeah, really, the, all these, all these games came within just over a decade of each other. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so I think, I, I feel like when, when Amusement Vision got hold of it, they kind of, they kind of set out to make the, the sort of the definitive F0 and arguably yeah. succeeded. So yeah, any of the characters from any of the games. Uh, Octoman is really my guy, of course. Yeah, Octoman's your guy. Stu- stupid,
1: you- stupid-looking octopus. In, uh, <laughs> sexy that red octopus. vehicle. Stupid, yeah. sexy octopus. Uh, yeah, and yeah. uh, I've always, since the first episode been a fan of maybe not so much the character of Samurai Goro, but definitely his craft, the Fire Stingray, which was, uh, mm. yeah. in my opinion, the, the best pick in the first game. Like, yeah, beats okay. all the other vehicles in just about really? every way. Yeah. Everywhere I look it always says go for the Golden
0: Fox, but
1: No, the that. Golden Fox is uh, really has a really low top speed. Yeah. And and yeah. it's very um how do you say it, it's very uh, fragile as well.
0: It is. I completed normal difficulty with the Golden Fox, but yes, I imagine Massive the...
1: difficulty on certain yeah. tracks you're toast with the Golden Fox. Right. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh and um any any favourites for you, Carl?
2: Yeah, I mean the finest thing, right? Um Certainly, not even necessarily in the original, but certainly in F-Zero X. Um, you know, I am a sucker for the design of Captain Falcon. You know, we just talked about the influences yeah. of the game coming to, you know, the Western influence. He was always just a cool character when I was a kid. I mean, mm. I was I was uh, like 10 when this game came out. Yeah. Um, that was pretty cool to 10-year-old me. Uh, now, nostalgically, I think... It's still cool. Um and you know, of all the characters that that have come out and um broken the glass ceiling of F Zero, uh Captain Falcon's definitely the one that you see um the most has obviously made its way in Smash. But as far as the ships go, the Fire Stingray, it's just such a solid ship. Um especially with the, like, you know, the handling and just a cool little design.
0: Obviously Leon is my favourite. Uh, yeah, <laughs> i mean he's he's a, he's an alien cat who loves cats uh and he's called leon so yeah, yeah. first sh- first ship i buy in gx um again reading tips online they say buy the buy the black bull black shadow uh it's a, it's a win button but i can't always handle it so i don't know the best um, uh
1: the, the the real win button is the uh, is a custom vehicle the yeah the yeah. frost links which is a uh yeah, com- comparison of uh, or a combination of parts, and it's just ridiculous. Like how even on the higher difficulties, you can just start outrunning the, the whole pack of racers and yeah. like l- leave them like half a track behind. Very much uh,
0: a, a feature that was deliberately built in because the game is so, yeah, frankly. Uh, it, it, excruciatingly difficult for most people the only punishment by by is default.
1: that you cannot of course uh, you know because it's a custom vehicle you don't get the interview questions and you cannot no. unlock the personal uh <laughs> pilot pilot cg movies because in GX. Use the law yeah because in gx yeah. of course also every character gets a, a tekken style cg ending on the highest yeah. difficulty yeah yeah yeah, and there's I, a, lot, I, I, a lot of content. It's already hard to even unlock the highest difficulty, let alone try and complete it with every single ship, with some really fragile, flimsy yes. vehicles that fly all over the place.
0: Yeah, it's it's insane. Uh, <laughs> more on that. Coming back <laughs> to the characters, though, there's a few absolutely... I mean, I, I, I was already... So I was uh, what m- late teens when this game came out. I never actually owned the Super Nintendo game. Right. I've only played it since uh, virtual console releases and things like that obviously i've got it multiple formats now um but i think it was i i remember i do actually i do remember playing it back then on a friends and uh, and quite enjoying it and you know you have to remember that mode 7 was really cool and impressive back in 1990 <laughs> and it was a way of us having fast 3d in inverted commas games at home that weren't either really blocky or really chuggy. This was smooth and it looked crisp and it was it was an impressive tech demo. I remember, you know, the great Jeff Minter who he did a podcast about you know just singing the praises of this new machine and this new game and, you know, the the level of challenge it presented and, and whatever else. But I think because I ended up playing I ended up playing Wipeout before I ended up playing F Zero X, mm-hmm. which I played a ton of but I think I ther- therefore always gravitated towards the kind of the, the the more floaty physics of of the Wipeout games. Also, really challenging series of games. Also yeah. very difficult. But um, but I never quite nailed the handling of F Zero. That said, I en- ended up playing an absolute ton of uh, of, of the sequels. Um, so you we're not came. like
1: uh, oh, I don't need to play F Zero. I already played the Wipeout. <laughs>
0: exactly yeah no i always wanted to uh always to, wanted to, but i i guess my point is that because of the age i was when these games came out i was um like 20 late mid late 20s when f0x came out and even older when um when gx came out that i didn't really uh dive into the lore but actually what you learn is if you now head into youtube and watch some some of the videos that explains all the characters is some of them are absolutely bonkers
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's a very interesting perspective also to come to Wipeout first and then F Zero because yeah. at the time Wipeout came out, that was actual cool, you know, like cool, cool, not just yeah, comic yeah. book cool, yes, or yeah. uh, early yeah. teen, teen cool, but like design style cool and club music cool, you know, That's it was a whole different yeah. brand of cool, a whole new level it of really cool. Was. Whereas of course uh, Shimutsu wanted to make uh, his racing game cooler, so he elected to go for this whole comic book style. Yeah, but yeah. Wipeout was in that sense the next step, uh and then if you come yeah. afterwards to F Zero, I can imagine it all coming across as a little bit, uh yeah, I don't know, you know cartoony and goofy, of Go- course. Yeah, it was goofy,
0: and yeah. I-, I was totally fine with that. You know, I was yeah. still playing like you know cartoon character platformers and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So it wasn't like a turnoff for me, but equally it was like it was a fun factor, but it wasn't a right. I'm gonna if I maybe if i have been like twelve years old or I don't know, around that age, I'd have wanted to know about all the characters and their backgrounds and all this. But actually looking into it now, in my early 50s, I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, it's, yeah, it's genuinely, some of it's quite unhinged, especially the, I don't know how much of the, the, the stuff in GX was purely Amusement Vision and Nagoshi doing their own thing, or whether it was all, written in stone for f-zero x where they introduce most of these characters
1: going from uh x to gx it's uh very much feels like x is almost like as great as it was for the n64 uh it almost feels like a kind of a bare bones prototype for gx you know like everything is just you know every in gx everything is dialed up to 11 yeah and uh which is also why at one point i've I sold off my copy of uh, F-Zero X because mm. I just felt like, okay, yeah. just GX just beats it uh, at it, every Yeah, it every kind point. of renders it redundant in some ways, I would, yeah. I would agree. Um, in a lot of ways. But, mm. uh, yeah, I, I think the blueprint was very much late for the mechanics, the systems, the handling, and the characters and the world in F-Zero X. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. W- what amusement vision... What room they had to expand on that. Yeah, we can only speculate, of course.
0: There's 40 characters across the whole series. There's some canonically good ones, uh, some grey areas, some properly evil villains who end their races by saying, you're all going to die, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, there's also a couple of, shall we say, problematic uh, races in F-Zero GX. Uh, there's uh, a character who is uh, a black character who's described as being, quote, animalistic and is also gay and is uh, gay in the most early 2000s Japanese video game way you can really imagine. Yeah, his clothes um, are
1: very like leopard print uh, adorned as well, right?
0: Yeah, so yeah. it's that kind of representation where you think, is this a good thing or not? I'm thinking it would probably wouldn't fly in uh, in 2023. And there's, there's another also black
1: character who is a gang leader. It's also yeah. fairly stereotypical, at least.
0: Very true. And, and then Dye the female San black... Gen.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. And the female black character is not necessarily, you know, bad in any sort, but she's kind of like a black exploitation homage, I guess, you know, with a big afro. Yeah. At yeah. least a little bit stereotypical, of course. Yeah. Um,
0: and coming from the the team that um i mean obviously this was in in tandem with nintendo but coming from the team who made the uh, the yakuza games it's perhaps not that surprising also yeah. the 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 yeah, daisang daisangen or daisangen the uh, the the chinese triplets oh yeah, yeah. with their uh cringe inducing voice acting certainly in the <laughs> western version as well yeah. So, yeah but there's also away from that slightly icky stuff there's also loads of fun with like monkeys and um skeletons skeletons um android versions of nintendo in in the shape of mr ead yeah that's a great character <laughs> it's just <laughs> but yeah there there's no real attempt to, like even with the the cg cutscenes and stuff in gx there's no real attempt to make this like sane or sensible it's it's meant to be completely heightened comic book madness
1: yeah yeah.
0: So yeah, F Zero came out in November 1990 for the Super Famicom and the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in August 91, and at some point in 1992 in Europe, and we got a slow-bordered PAL version, of course, because it yep. was back then, um, and that was probably the version I played on a friend's SNES. But yeah, other kind of highlights and memories of this one. What are, what are some of the aspects of the of the experience that obviously quite a a few of the mechanics of this game were pretty much dropped and left behind for for the sequels.
2: Yeah, for me, I was quite excited for the game. Uh, It was getting quite a lot of press. I think it was on Games Master or some equivalent game show at the time on tv it
0: was around the right time actually games master launched in 92 and this did in europe as well yeah
2: and i seem to remember them doing some challenges and seeing it and thinking that looks cool you know i was i just checked i was eight not ten so i was even younger than i thought (laughs) i was i was massively into the cartoons like mask and jason the wheeled warriors and it kind of reminded me of the uh, design stylings of those and i was like this Mm -hmm. this is going to be like a really really cool game and I was like, I was absolutely sold. Uh, I got obviously the Super Nintendo when it came out, and uh, this was one of the games that I absolutely pressed for for my because I was, you know, I was only young, but my parents thankfully picked me a copy of F-Zero up, and I just hammered the game. I absolutely loved it. Um, and then, obviously, when we moved on consoles, the love never went. But obviously the game did and then they re-released it back on the uh, the, the store for the Wii U uh, when the Wii U got a release and I think genuinely F0 is my most played Wii U game as well oh wow uh, the the OG1 uh just sitting there with the headphones in playing with a controller and playing it with it in an uh, off TV mode you know oh, early, early early switch style and I can see that being a lot it, of fun yeah absolutely adored the experience of playing it that way as well. In fact, I think I actually preferred it on the Wii U than I did on the original SNES version, and that was obviously coming back to it way after Wipeout. Guess what? I actually quite like Wipeout as well. Um, So, yeah, that was uh, quite cool to go back to F-Zero. Another time for the release, I was so excited for
0: it. For those of us in in Europe, the Wii U version... Although, as we've discussed before, there were some issues with SNES emulation on the Wii U in terms of the visual presentation. Actually, we did at least start to get the full speed ROMs. They started to give us the American yes. ROMs. So we, we finally got to experience the uh, the extra 15% or thereabouts so of speed.
1: So 50 hertz nostalgia could uh, nap off.
0: Yeah. You yeah. can go back to the Wii version, which came out in 2006. Yeah um yeah and since then so it was Wii U in 2013 3DS eShop but only for the N3DS in 2016 now closed so you can't buy this now if you don't have it fortunately it is available on the Nintendo Switch online uh and it's also one of the games out of the box on the SNES Classic Mini um was this sorry Mickey I can't remember what you said do, was this a game that you played around the time or did you come oh, to yeah I yeah, really? definitely at launch. Yeah, nice. and,
1: and as with many of the first slew of Super Nintendo releases, I first read about it in a French magazine called Console Plus, yeah. uh, covering Super Famicom games, and it looked really cool. And I was uh, marveling at these sort of uh, vehicle designs in a magazine with the artwork. And, oh, yeah, they don't have wheels. That's very cool. So it's like, uh, you know, the the speeder bike things in uh, in Star Wars, I was yeah. thinking. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I was getting pretty excited. It already, you know, not even seeing an emotion, but in the screenshots, you could already get a sort of a sense of, uh, like, how cool and speedy this game must be. But nothing prepares you from where you mm. first mm-hmm. lay eyes on it in that time. Just how incredibly fast uh, F-Zero felt, uh, even in 50 hertz, you know? Yeah. And... Um, I think also something that really stood out to me is that I, I uh, in the last couple of days, somewhere I watched a uh, review of the original game by Classic Game Room and uh, Mark Bustler, mm. the uh, the guy of Cla- mm. Classic Game Room, was saying like, "Oh, you absolutely have to memorize the tracks in F-Zero to get anywhere." But I actually felt that, in contrast to a lot of other uh, behind-the-car racers of the time, the viewpoint uh, was Unusually high, not as high as uh, yeah, F1 yeah. exhaust heat by Seta, yeah. for example, or uh, Sega's uh, Turbo, uh, which preceded um, pole position by Namco. Yeah. So not that high, but high enough to where you can yes. see ahead of the track more than in other behind-the-car races. True and you yes. could see how the tracks were developing and sort of anticipate corners more without you a- absolutely having to memorize the whole yeah. track before you could even reliably take corners and uh, and all that it,
0: yeah it's a key point and i think um i think mark was right in the sense that if you want to beat the game properly on the highest you, difficulties of course yeah so. you need to like become one with the handling yeah and the memorization and, always and, and, helps and, of course but it- and know which corners are coming up and what speed to take and which which jumps you can do yeah and things like that
1: yeah but it, i think it's uh begin more beginner friendly the way the course designs yeah. were um displayed yeah. than in a lot of other races yeah of the time at least you know but the first cup is
0: uh the 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 tracks are pretty wide, pretty yeah. gentle, I think, um I mean, I just wanted to mention a few kind of things that are noticeable playing it now to me or or things that stand out for good or bad, and feel free to jump in um so one thing that I really notice now when I'm playing is so uh we should say again for for those who aren't familiar with the series this is uh this is no weapons this series, so you're not you're not slowing things down by shooting them or whatever in this first game kind of deliberately nerfing things off the track is less of a strategy than it becomes in the uh yeah in you definitely later games. You
1: actually don't want to touch other vehicles most of the time
0: no only yeah. if they're already flashing yeah. um this being a a, a relatively small early 16 bit game there's not a true field of contenders here you've got you've got the other three cars that you're racing against basically which are all on massive rubber banding fake yeah. ai And then you've got a load of bumper cars, (laughs) back markers, which just get in your way. Occasionally, they'll already be flashing and you can basically go through them, but it will still send you off course. And I think it's pretty much the case that if you get bumped, rather than there being a proper calculation for speed and angle, it's pretty much there's a huge amount of RNG involved in whether you get smashed sideways, forwards, backwards, off, you know, into the side. And this is where the game, I think, I think the game still feels really cool to play, like when it's going well, going around it, taking the corners, hitting the shoulder buttons to air brake, taking your thumb off the accelerator, all that stuff. I still really like that. I think for me, it feels even more fun than the original Super Mario Kart. But when it goes wrong in this game, it's utterly infuriating.
1: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can. It feels like you're inside of a pinball table, you know. Yeah, bouncing against the sides. But you know, you just have to, uh, as the kids say, get good and not let that happen. Yeah, yeah. Over the weekend, I was playing the uh, the all the cups again at uh, standard difficulty, uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, death win two in the king cup is like murderous, you know, like uh, you lose so much health there because of the narrow tracks, the tight corners, and then the wind blowing the constantly. Wind. <laughs> and uh, I actually f- found a really cool strategy to beat that track without dying and, and getting ahead, was actually just okay. slam the brakes when I was ahead on the pit area uh, and comp- come to a complete standstill and just get as much health back as possible. And then the car behind of me course. would slam into me and put me back on, on, on full speed again. <laughs>
0: yes <laughs> crafty and th- those sort yeah. of strategies actually become perhaps even more prevalent in gx in particular i would say yeah uh, that's uh yeah that's cool yeah. um so yeah the, the the pit lane is a is a staple of the series which is not somewhere you stop for a nice little nine nine fifteen second rest or whatever while they change your tires you just zoom through it normally unless you're unless you're uh tricking the game like mikhil yeah. um well so we got we got mines we've got um the Basically, they're, they're part of the track furniture and they'll hurt you and bump you about. There are magnet rails which suck you towards them, crosswinds across the track, icy segments which for some reason make your car slip even though it's a hover car, uh, dirt segments. They
1: actually don't affect your handling unless you bump into something, then you lose right. grip okay. of the track, Yeah, yeah
0: um and similarly with the with the kind of the dirt sections I, I'm still confused to this day as to why they affect <laughs> yeah. your hovercraft but I, I suppose a yeah. bit of bit of fake science about the yeah. way that your inertia on on it breaks the
1: magnetic field or something yeah some yeah. some some nonsense like that yeah. um science y- uh, science
0: fantasy so yeah you got three uh, three cups and three difficulties out the gate each has five courses there's not even this was pre super Mario Kart which we think started out as a prototype multiplayer f zero concept um at least in in that game they started with the even though it was kind of faked and fixed they started with the actual leaderboard of enemy AI characters whereas in this you just got you just have to get through and it keeps cutting down the amount of places that you can survive yeah um so. It might be first lap is, I can't remember how it works, but it's like fifteen, seven, five, three, 3 or something like that. Yeah, and, yeah, something like that. Um, the races also feel, going back to the Super Nintendo game, the races feel a lot longer than the, the, the sequel. Yeah, because there's like
1: five laps on each track instead of mm. five laps. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. The speeds are, are comparable, I think, overall. Maybe the game gets a bit faster, but you're generally going, what, somewhere between like uh, 600 and 1.2?
1: Yeah, Mac, something like that. Mac but 1.2. uh no F Zero X and G X get increasingly faster. I they think are and uh, yeah. G X you can hit like se- seventeen hundred kilometers an hour or something like right, that. Right, yeah, right. And it feels that way as well. It <laughs> tells us, yeah. Cheeks are flapping. <laughs> yeah. Uh we haven't talked about the other than
0: mode seven, we haven't talked about the visuals, but it's uh it's even you know if you play this um on a on a on a modern system, it still presents pretty well. I think you get some sort of odd effects with the pit lane and stuff like that, but overall, yeah. I think it 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 stands up visually even on a on a modern screen yeah the the switch version is 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 a very nice emulation and there's a there's a decent c r t filter as well Obviously you can play it on original hardware, but I've been playing it with a switch snes controller, which is an exact replica of the original. Yeah. Which I can also do on on my SNES mini, and it does feel nice playing it with the with the with the real controller. I think.
1: Yeah, it's just a very colourful game, and uh, the different planet settings are cool. Uh, the uh, the OST is just spectacular. It's become legendary, it of course, with yeah, yeah. reuse of all day. the tracks. Yeah, yeah.
0: So in the original game, it's uh, yeah using the, the Super Famicoms sample based sound library and um yeah it sounds very much of its time the thing i actually like even more like I, I quite like the f-zero sounds i'm not as in love with them as uh sorry the music as 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 many are obviously there's a nostalgia factor for me with where it comes to the the n64 game which was the first one i bought yeah launch day but actually the thing i love most audio wise about the original game are the engine noises yeah i th- just think it's got a real it doesn't sound quite like anything else, and no, it, it's it, this
1: sort of high pitched whine, almost uh, you know, like a, like a shwee kind of uh, kind yeah. of
0: sound. Yeah, and there's some kind of Doppler effects going on, and and um, yeah, the sort of the the noise when the when the boost drops out, it's yeah. um, there's something quite quite compelling about it, which yeah. I enjoy. It's quite
2: satisfying because it's sounds like that are often where games fall short when it comes to the sense of futurism in terms of not giving the oomph. You know, we've mentioned it several times Mm. in terms of first-person shooters and laser weapons. Yeah, right, right. It's the same with vehicles. You know, you can have an F1 car with a V12 engine, which has the iconic Mm. sound of the engine going by or the American muscle cars and all these deep, earthy um, engine notes that are just Mm. iconic. And then to be able to have that effect and actually have it land like F-Zero does, is incredibly rare in terms of futuristic racing games. Mm. And, you know, we've seen the uh, equivalents of the names eluded me for the like, second, Neo, whatever it was on the uh, Switch and the Wii U, I think. Fast oh, Racing. Yeah. Fast Racing, yeah. yeah. Just didn't quite nail it on the sound for me. And I found that oh, very, okay. very off putting. Mm. Um, I would argue even Wipeout falls shot on the sound of the crafts and it's actually made mm. for in the soundtrack. Mm. Whereas F Zero, it sounds great. Mm. Yeah. The game
0: sold 2.85 million copies, which was reasonable for a Super Nintendo game of the time and a new IP. Lee Davies from our Patreon says, I remember picking this up with our SNES in the launch window. It was so good. It was really hard for me at the time, but my older brother was really good at it and I watched him play the later levels. The thing that stands out most to me is the music. So many great 16-bit tunes. I dabbled in the later games, but they didn't grab me in the same way. I think the thinking about this game and especially the way that you've both talked about it, Carla McHugh, it does come back to that conversation of being younger, having fewer games to play, uh, expecting to get more out of your individual game and um, and kind of being prepared to sink in as much time as it required of you uh, to get good at it whereas again for me coming to this one a bit later properly meant that yeah i was already familiar with other things and had other distractions and more other games to distract me so although i have kind of battled through to completing it on in a fairly normal way i was never likely to get good 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 enough to to um beat the experts. as well
2: yeah, yeah. So good, like your your good was good enough. Once it had got completed, it wasn't a case of right, rinse the next difficulty, the next. Yeah, difficulty. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you know you can't just go out and throw another 50, 50 odd quid at a game. Uh, yeah, you know it's it's, and the games were relatively brutal at the time. So you did, you were I, either you just it was a huge waste of money, and you had to sell it for your pocket money, mm-hmm. get another one, or you got good. Uh, and I, you know, I was quite fortunate that I got good. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think. Although I seem to remember being better than I was when I went back to it on the Wii U, but that's yeah. because the game was quite brutally difficult and yeah. at times unfair as well. But pretty unfair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a great experience getting good.
0: Andrew Elmore from our forum says, "An incredible statement of intent for a new generation of hardware. The sense of speed is unrelenting, and the controls are finely tuned to match. The art and music are as good as they are enduring, and it's still a blast to play to this day." a perfect example of leaning into a piece of hardware's strengths and weaknesses to create something with real longevity. As someone who plays an awful lot of less fondly remembered games from this era, and as someone who plays an awful lot of racing games in general, the fact that a Super Famicom launch game from 1990 has retained every ounce of its original luster is a wildly impressive feat. Most people I know in the racing game community, such as it is, tend to reluctantly agree that the genre didn't really work until it became viable in three polygonal dimensions. They'll concede respect to Sega's earlier superscalar efforts like OutRun, but mostly view them as interesting historic stepping stones that got us to the arcade hardware of the early 90s when racing games really began with Virtua Racing, Daytona and Ridge Racer. So for a humble Mode 7 racer from the launch of the Super Famicom to have retained such joyous playability and elegant nuance after all these years, I don't know, I think that's worth a whole heck of a lot of something. So 1998 then was the next release. So a big old gap of uh, eight years before F-Zero X. Uh, Again, developed internally in-house at Nintendo EAD. Arrived 14th of July 1998 in Japan. 27th of October in the US and 6th of November, 1998. And yeah, this was a day one purchase for me. Yeah, uh, I, was I remember already-
1: it getting pushed uh, ahead quite a bit. It was, uh, I think, uh, several, uh, uh, you know, like at least a year full of coverage and screenshots. And uh, the release right. got, got pushed with a lot of N64 games. The release got pushed further ahead and ahead a couple of times. Mm. And this was also, uh, I remember the coverage
0: and the, the reviews actually talking about the fact that um, they the developers had deliberately dialed back the graphical detail that perhaps we'd become used to from N64 games like Super Mario 64, which obviously ran at l- lower frame rates, in order to push the frame rate up to 60 with 30 distinct vehicles on, on track, each of them holding an actual consistent position whether on or off screen which i think is perhaps my favorite feature that that remains of this game and is retained in the sequel as well it makes such a difference to the feeling of it being an actual event a contest a real race between yourself
1: individual races that's
0: it all different vehicles you look at it now and particularly uh, if you play it on the switch um which it does have a resolution boost, but it also drops a few frames, which is terribly disappointing. Mm -hmm. I'd have rather skipped the resolution boost. Um, You can see things, which I even noticed at the time, but didn't necessarily have a name for them. And I may still get the names wrong, but stuff like the level of detail stuff, when you're zooming in on the N64 craft and you can literally see them go from kind of bricks to bricks with points on (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then, but you know, in the end, there's still these really quite simplistic polygon shapes with a little bit of, I don't know, some kind of shiny map on them, but no texture as such, or very, very little texture, very plain, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, I absolutely think it was the right decision. I never thought the game looked nice in terms of it being; it was never as bright as F Zero on the SNES. It was never as colourful. I liked um, all
1: the detail of the Wipeout games.
0: Yeah, yeah but it was it was all about the the pay, the blistering pace yeah. and the 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 sense of competition against 30 actual races which n- no other game had done to that point that i'd played i don't think
1: i played this quite a bit uh, in four-player multiplayer as well yeah bunch of we friends. used
0: to we used to play it i think it's yeah. um is it, it, it dropped to 30 or 25 but i think the the PAL version was probably 50 again yeah and the 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 I don't know if the, was it, was it one of those where the two player would drop to 30 and then the four player would drop to even less possibly, Maybe. but it was yeah. functional enough yeah. yeah. in your little, in your little corner of your little cathode ray tube screen.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> um, probably. They probably drew the fog in, didn't they on the multiplayer yeah. um, and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's quite interesting looking at it now. Um I yeah, this is the one I've probably played the most out of out of all the F-Zero games, just because I don't know, it just when it came along, um, it was kind of peak N64 era. I guess this came out like weeks before Ocarina of Time in this country. Uh, um, And so like the N64, as somebody didn't have a, a top tier gaming PC in the late 90s, this was kind of, you know, like the flashiest yeah. machine around. It was, still. it
1: was that uh, Banjo-Kazooie, F-Zero yeah. X, Two right. Seats of Evil, Ocarina of Time uh, kind of period. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, you also had 1080 Snowboard in one month earlier as well. Mm. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, Yeah. it was a, It was an exciting time. Obviously, I was. I still adored my, my Saturn and, and PS1. Dreamcast was around the corner, but at this point, yeah, a brand new first-party Nintendo racing game, even for a series that I wasn't particularly wedded to, had to be bought, and I ended up playing it yeah, absolutely tons. Mostly solo. Um I got to the I got to the point where I unlocked the procedural track generator. Oh yeah. Which, which yeah. um That was which- a lot of
1: fun in multiplayer as well, because then all of yeah. a sudden I because it was my game, I knew all the tracks best, of course, all of a sudden I had way less of an advantage. Yeah. Um, yeah, what other?
0: Uh, all I can. I'm just thinking. In my, I'm, I'm in my mid twenties. I'm playing this. Um, other memories. I used to call the the pit lane, in this was the pomegranate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because it, it looked like the texture made it look like it was pomegranate seeds to me, to my yeah. eyes. Um, the voice made us uh, laugh. The voice, that? the yeah, voice, yeah. of course, yeah, crazy voiceover, <laughs> absolutely bonkers. Yeah, um, I can't even imitate it. It's no, really hard to do. With this uh, sort of weird
1: robotic effect over it. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and I think that's meant to be the same character as you see in the the original comic. But is he called Mister F Zero or something, or Mister Zero? Yeah. Um, like that. But for for some reason he's kind of got yeah, he's got robot he's got robotized in this one, whereas in GX he's more of a more of a regular announcer again. Okay um, then. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Pour it on, you- Yeah, all that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um fond memories. Um even if the game, yeah, perhaps does ultimately end up being kind of eclipsed by what came after, but just thinking back to the time. Even though, as I say, I still consider myself more of a wipeout guy, just in terms of I, yeah. I, I like that I like weapons in a futuristic racing game. Give me a chance, um, but yeah, I, oh,
2: I played this so much, and yeah, been back to it a fair amount as well. Carl, this is my favorite F Zero. Really, I'm deaf. I just absolutely, from the moment I started playing it, fell in love with this game. And the reason that it wasn't so high on my radar is because, and you've already alluded to this, Leon, mm. we'd had Wipeout, mm. which I loved. One of the, the seminal soundtracks of the 90s in terms of that whole PlayStation culture and bringing together that kind of music. Loved that. Then we had the refinement of essentially not stopping you ship or your craft store yeah. that could hit a, a wall in twenty nine. And an even seven. more and, iconic soundtrack, yeah. And it was just so good. And I was like, right, this, this is what F-Zero could have been. Mm. So I was like, right, well, okay, F-Zero X seems like we're going back a little bit. You know, times have moved on. We've got CDs on the PlayStation that have all this music. Um, and then I sat down and I was just blown away in a way that doesn't or has never happened that often with video games it was that kind of i am genuinely shocked by how refined and polished and fun i'm finding this game from the way that you know there was always a uh, that that strange movement in the original f0 of your track your chip's not moving you're kind of rotating the track yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. you know
2: it's it, 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 mm-hmm. it's like navigating the maze with the balls kind of thing you're not moving the ball you're moving the maze around it and you know, we also had that obviously in Mario Kart later on on the SNES as well and Mm. this just removed any disconnect that I felt that I had from the ship and it was so tight and we had the joystick on the N64 and I just felt like I was really connected with that craft and it was so, I mean it was 50 frames a second but it Mm -hmm. was so fast Mm -hmm. um, that it just Felt so effortlessly cool in the same way that Wipeout didn't feel effortlessly cool. It felt mm. really cool, but with a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. F Zero, the original, set the standard, but F Zero X just blew everything out of the water for what my expectations could have been. Uh, especially, you know, when you've got the pipes and you suddenly it's far more 3D and you're navigating around. Like, so good.
1: Mm. Yeah. Thank you. For me, it's kind of. Uh uh redeemed Nintendo as a uh yeah creator of racing games on the N64 because mm. I was uh yeah Mario Kart 64 didn't really have a lot of staying power for me mm. and I felt like increasingly offput uh, by it but F0GX uh really brought that back and um maybe the um Point that illustrates this the most is that it actually made the dreadfully boring Rainbow Road course of Mario Kart sixty (laughs) four fun, with in a simple way of just, you know, increasing uh, the speed to ridiculous levels, (laughs) of course, and then taking away all those barriers that were there in the N (laughs) sixty four. Or in a Mario Kart 64 version, and taking which, Lakitu away. <laughs> so yeah, which, which, which was of course very stupid because the whole idea of uh, Rainbow Road on the Super Nintendo was that hey, there is no track barriers and you yeah. can fall off everywhere. So why did they put guardrails on the you've N64 version? done Mario version? Kart
0: 64, Miquel. Let it go.
1: Let yeah, it go. and then, and then make it so long and like uh, last for for so long. You know, let without it go. Anything happening? <laughs> yeah, I could let it go because uh, FZX fixed that <laughs> injustice. Uh, yeah, I, I just, just an amazing game. Uh, when you play it, it's, uh, yeah, like Carl said, it feels so refined and nuanced. And, you know, you forget all about how simple the visuals really are just uh, on the strength of that smooth frame rate and that, that sense of speed that was uh, kind of almost unrivaled at the time.
0: So as well yeah. as the, the physics and the AI being markedly different from the SNES game, I suppose the most important mechanical change is to do with the health and boost. boost inspired
1: inspired because this is what really ramps up the excitement is that that feeling like you're pushing it pushing on the higher difficulties especially you're just pushing yourself and your craft to the absolute limit just boosting like nuts like till the brink of death Mm -hmm. and then sort of really almost colliding with stuff and Kind of like with with a, you know, by the absolute skin of your teeth, just barely making it over the finish line. Even you could even like, you know, hurl your wreckage over the finish line yeah. and still win the race, which yes. was amazing. Uh, just yeah. Yeah. that risk reward system was uh, just so intense.
0: And also uh, the the extra emphasis on actually taking enemy riders out to the point that, uh, the, the, um, the, the, like the overall leaderboard is consistent. Um, and the, the points division was, uh, greater and divided up across the entire 30 grid or however many are left. Yeah. Um, and you could actually choose to target rivals and, yeah. uh, and, and take, them off the track. take them out of the race. It and was an uh,
1: alternative way of, of yeah. winning in the, uh, standings. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: and yes, all this stuff is very much
1: adopted. Was there like a, uh, I, because I don't have F0X anymore, was there a, a point, uh, because in GX, you can actually still just continue to the next track even if you end up 30th on uh, in, in a race, for example. Was there like some sort of... Uh, safe zone that you had to land within in, in x I
0: don't recall i don't think so i have been playing it recently and i think it's yeah. much the same in that yeah if you finish because i like 20- that as
1: well that unlike mario mm. kart and yeah. uh, the first f-zero that you can't just you know continue the race and try to make up for it even if you're seemingly seemingly hopelessly behind. and it's
0: and it's it's yeah it's often it isn't hopeless because and even if even if it isn't you yourself sometimes cars take each other out or yeah yeah, exactly. Uh, just, I, I mean, yeah. Mo- most of them don't just drive off the track in the same way that a human might, but you do occasionally get, you know, you get bumps and freaks that take take them out of the race. I think you also get extra lives for taking out a certain number in, yeah. certainly in GX. I'm not sure in about GX. X.
1: If you take out five cars yeah. in one race, you get an extra life. Yeah.
0: And extra mm-hmm. lives can be valuable because some of the courses are just hard rigorous. to hard to finish, let alone win. Yeah. Yeah. Sold. 1.1 million copies so considerably fewer than half the amount of its predecessor obviously the N64 was not uh, a massive massive hit but it you know it was fairly popular especially in America reviewed better though overall game rankings uh, had it as an average of 88 and obviously since it was originally released on the N64 hardware it has come out on the Wii shop in 2007 the Wii Shop I should say uh, no longer available same Wii U eShop same difference again that's the time we got the uh, the US ROM in Europe that was 2016 2017 and yes it is available on the Switch right now but yeah even though uh, they, they've done a little bit of remedial work since they released it when it was really quite choppy when there was a lot of cars on screen but it's still a bit choppy um which is quite doesn't seem like that needs to be the case given the age no. of the game and the I know Switch is, you know, lower powered than other consoles that are around, but you would Certainly think it
1: would, not lower powered than the N sixty
0: four. no, no, but even <laughs> to run it under emulation you would think it yeah. would be able to do it. As I say, they focused on a on a nice resolution boost, which is appreciated, but actually I'd rather play it in two forty P or whatever it was and have the hundred percent smooth frame rate but yes obviously if you've got original hardware or maybe a cathode ray tube uh enjoy it enjoy it on there but yeah certainly worth a look even even if it's the switch version you're you're dealing with especially i guess if you've got one of the switch n64 controllers which i don't have because they're really expensive and they go out of stock really quickly ryan on f0x this is interesting interesting perspective uh, Ryan said F-Zero X is a technical marvel. I only played it recently and had always been wary about it because I didn't think the N64 was capable of the necessary frame rate to support a good F-Zero game. But I was wrong. It plays beautifully. I genuinely didn't know that the N64 was capable of that. I mean, even a an 8-bit machine is capable of running something at 60 FPS if it's not a lot going on so it was yeah, perfectly capable. It's just Polygons
1: the, was a whole different story though. So I exactly where yeah. Ryan gets that. Yeah. yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. Um but yes, the yeah, they literally just stripped away the graphics until it was running at sixty, even with all the all the little bitty tadpole cars on screen. Yeah. Um and I think actually while you are going often at yeah, like one Mac one or whatever. The reason it does feel fast, don't get me wrong, it really does feel fast. But the reason, part of the reason that the sequel feels even faster is just the sheer amount of stuff on screen that's yeah, going to actually. extra you. track detail. Yeah.
1: They do one thing very cool in F-Zero X, though, is that, uh, you know, for loop-to-loops and corkscrews and areas where you're supposed to be flying upside down, because there is less track-side detail, you wouldn't really get that sense very quickly especially if you're just focusing on the track but they do tend to place some simple structures in those kinds of areas to right to kind of highlight yes you are now going upside down and all that you know that's really cool cuz i'd never really yeah. thought
0: that one of the things i, I can't remember i think we talked about it on the mario kart 8 show is as cool as the feature is of flipping upside down and up and sideways and all that in mario kart my brain just kind of automatically assumes that I'm not. I yeah, yeah. I can't exactly. remember who else said this, but like there's yeah. that, there's that one where you're like driving up a sheer waterfall or whatever. Yeah. And I'm, I, my brain's going, you're just driving along some yeah. water that's coming towards you. Yeah. So it's important to at least try to, and there, there is loads of detail in Mario Kart, which is attempting to do that, but actually maybe, maybe in F Zero X, the fact that it's, there's less detail makes it easier to sell that certainly i remember feeling like i was going upside down and um and playing it playing it recently i don't get motion sickness from games but there were moments playing on the the faster speeds on this in the coming in and out of the half pipe where i'm actually starting to get a little bit woozy it's so like <laughs> fast and the controls yeah. are so slick and twitchy dave jackson from our patreon says f0x has Always been one of my favorite racing games. It really captured the feeling of speed racing at 1000 kilometers an hour, along with one of my favorite soundtracks in all of video games. Also, the races and overall in-game universe have extremely goofy lore if you take some time to go wiki
1: diving. That is true.
0: That that is very true.
1: You you sent uh, along that iceberg video today, and Mm. apparently there are massive uh, lore conspiracies and people... (laughs) Diving deep into folders and uh, and and dumping like uh, all sorts of classified info here and there. Yeah, it is bewildering.
0: It is bewildering. I've always made like I know it sounds completely ironic to somebody yeah. who's been running a video games podcast for more than a decade and speaking at length and spending even longer researching these games. But when I see stuff like that, I'm like, D- how do people have time and inclination to do all this stuff?
1: Yeah. You you want to know what you know what the whole deal is with that monkey that uh, (laughs) pilots a spacecraft. Exactly. (laughs) I guess it's
0: not where my personal kind of intrigue lies. Um, But yeah, (laughs) I'm glad I'm glad these people exist because you know it's all nonsense in it. So embrace the nonsense of life. Andrew Elmore again says, uh, "Where we're going, we don't need textured polygons. One of the few examples of 60 frames a second on the N64." I think F-Zero X is magnificent. It's easy to see in hindsight as a rough draft of sorts for GX, AX, but without the aid of a time machine, I suspect the people who made it didn't see it that way during development. F-Zero X leaps from the flat mode 7 sprite rotations of its predecessor into the wide, wild world of 3D with such contagious enthusiasm. That's exactly it. The the original game spun gold from straw with its use of jumps, turns, layers and gaps to add some verticality to its world. But X asks what if you are racing inside all the various tubes from Tempest then drops a cinder block on the accelerator. It's exhilarating flying across the inside and outside of a huge pipe shaped course with bullring loops and neck snapping turns guided by some vague notion of Mario Galaxy-esque gravitational physics.
1: Yeah. No, that's exactly it. <laughs> the and the game only stops being great for me when you start playing F-Zero GX. But up until that point, it was just the most amazing thing ever in terms of futuristic racing.
0: Busker Lilly from the forum says, F-Zero X on Wii Virtual Console got a lot of play when we should have been doing something more useful, back in sixth form. The speed, the madness of some of the tracks, the cheesy voices and music perfect fodder for some kids slightly too young to drink booze slightly too awkward to chase girls and slightly too hyped up on sugar (laughs) to actually study more recently i tried playing with a friend on the other side of the planet and even with the sound utterly garbled the fun of the race was undeniable Jobo bonobo from the forum says my first experience with f-zero was in christmas 1998 and getting an n64 with two games super mario 64 and f-zero x I'd heard about F-Zero X from Nintendo magazines and really liked the futuristic comic book style it had. It reminded me of Extreme G, only more stylish. (laughs) I plugged the N64 in and tried out F-Zero X first, as my brothers were also interested in trying it out. We were blown away. The speed was unlike anything I'd ever seen before, especially for a 3D game. The whole experience was exhilarating. Racers smashing into each other, death-defying jumps, crazy half-pipes and cylindrical surfaces where one could drive anywhere without restriction what an absolute overload of the senses this was one of the most mind-blowing introductions to the next generation of consoles a young boy could get even better was that the N64 game came with an extra uh, the N64 came with an extra controller so i had multiplayer sessions with my brothers all christmas over the next few years it became a favorite among friends if we were to have a multiplayer session on the N64 And when we finally had four controllers then the matches got even more intense when i moved out to go to university the n64 came right along with me and f-zero x was another big hit among my friends and housemates while i have briefly played other entries in the series x is the only one that really ticked all of my boxes exhilarating sense of speed crazy course design ridiculously cheesy rock soundtrack Joyous multiplayer, accessible for newcomers, but rewarding for veterans and character design that is truly unlike any other Nintendo series. The original was single player only and too basic, while GX had a very high difficulty spike, which made it far less approachable. They are still fine games at the end of the day, but X will always reign supreme for me. I sort of chuckled there at the uh, the notion of F-Zero being... Uh, like extreme g but of course actually on this console it did come that way around didn't it extreme g was first Uh, i guess they jumped in where nintendo weren't weren't with uh, obviously we got wave race early on but but we had to wait a couple of years for a for an official f-zero game so was it a claim did extreme g yep that's right they jumped in and um reviews were moderate as i recall i've never played that game
1: always looked a bit like a, a lame Wipeout clone to me. Well... But I, supposedly yeah. the later games in the series are quite decent. Yeah.
0: Next came F-Zero Maximum Velocity. In 2001 for the Game Boy Advance. March in Japan, the rest of the world, or most of the rest of the world in June. I suppose what was notable about this one is that, understandably, with the GBA hardware being what it was, it took most of its cues from the SNES game rather than F Zero X.
1: I have very little experience with the Maximum Velocity or any or any of the GBA uh, or any of the GBA F Zero games. Yeah,
0: I'm afraid I'm the same. Yes, I've focused very much on the the home console trilogy. Yeah um, I played like, this
1: a little bit when uh, my neighbor from downstairs in our apartment where we lived uh, who's still a good friend to this day uh got his gpa and bought a couple of launch games for it and uh yeah it it seemed fun you know but yeah. I didn't spend a whole lot of time with it i think it's pretty well regarded i think people it, are still playing it
2: very him. good yeah it's it's so i did have this. cool good guys <laughs> nice. us did. it's basically all I played on the Game Boy Advance, it almost never came out with that console and I mean that in the very literal sense <laughs> because I absolutely adored it. It's you know, it's very much like the first game five rounds of racing um, has the same kind of navigation but now I can play it portably and like I did with the Wii U version of the original yeah. there's something about that that really appeals to me which is ironic because I'm not a huge player of something like the Switch in handheld because I just don't really enjoy playing the console that way. But yet for F0 on the Wii U and then obviously with maximum velocity on the Game Boy Advance, it was such a good way to be able to, you know, flick it on, do a race, turn it off, do, you know, it's, it was just very, very handy. And I was at um, college at the time. So I was traveling to college, so sometimes it would be in my bag. I'd play it on the bus if I was going in on the bus, all these kinds of things. It was just like an ideal solution at the time for me to be able to play that game.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure why I never picked it up. Um, I believe it's been datamined as one of the upcoming games on the Switch GBA service. So I'll play it then. Apologies for not having played it before the show. But um, yeah, the combination of... uh, Carl's testimony there, plus the fact that it uh, had a Metacritic score from reviewers of 86, mm-hmm. uh, will tell you that it was a a well-received experience. Sold slightly fewer than F Zero X on the N64, with uh, just over a million copies. But you know, not too bad. I'm still
2: quite shocked that it's north of a million. To be honest, yeah, I wouldn't. I guess not too bad. I wouldn't. I guess north of a million.
0: Well, wait until we get to the other two GBA games. If you want to yeah, see some because sales you,
1: you would think that <laughs> the GBA, of course, uh, sold pretty well from the beginning already, and this was a, a game in its launch window, yeah. You would think that it would have been picked up more, you know. I think maybe the fact that
0: it, I, I know a lot of the GBA's initial charm was the fact that it appeared to be, although it wasn't really, it was sort of you know, replicating what a lot of us had fond memories of. Four, which was the super nintendo but i don't know maybe the fact that maximum velocity came after x people didn't want the step backwards to the to the snes times in that particular franchise i don't know um busker lily from the forum says i first encountered the series on gba playing a maximum velocity via link cable with my mate rich for hours one night commenting on how exciting close games were was when i first realized that a good contest was fun whether you won or lost And Ian Ian Ianson from our forum says, I've only ever given any meaningful time to the original SNES game and maximum velocity on the GBA. They're both excellent. The vibe in the first one is so delightfully garish and colourful. The amount of face button tapping that's needed, especially on maximum velocity, I think has caused me some genuine long term nerve damage. (laughs) I also love the way you can play quite riskily by bouncing off walls to cheese certain corners, hoping you'll get a sliver of life back on the next lap. Heart in mouth stuff. So then there was a just a, a brief couple of year gap um, before F Zero GX and AX, the arcade version, two thousand three for the GameCube and a GameCube exclusive, and never been released on anything else. Uh, now this one ended up selling under. 700,000 copies even though it was the best reviewed game of the series so far it sold the worst and uh, and although it wasn't the last f-0 release it was the last big console brand new kind of high-tech f0 release I mean I think this game is um, one of the most kind of obviously Carl's set his stall out and he's a, he's an X-Man. And in some ways I am as well because of the amount I played it and, and when it arrived. But F-Zero GX, as we're going to hear from McKeel, is kind of one of the most sort of hushed tones games when it comes to this type of uh, experience that you'll find. Um, a lot of people absolutely swear by its majesty. It feels to me like it was just a perfect storm of timing when Nintendo was starting to collaborate with other developers, and in, and Sega had recently, relatively recently, exited the hardware market
1: and were looking... You saw Nintendo and Sega on the splash screen in the beginning of the game. How mind-blowing was that? Yeah. For any survivor of the 16-bit console wars. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and the fact that it was... They got the guy, basically the Daytona guy, who was yeah. a massive Miyamoto fan, to make an F-Zero. And he was obviously... Nagoshi and Co. were obviously fans of F Zero X because, as we've sort of alluded to, they effectively took this pretty plain-looking, some might say ugly, N sixty four game and, and jazzed it up and really jazzed to it to unbelievable levels. Yeah. yeah, and made it like a a kind of tech demo tour de force for the for that era of console. Like, there's probably not that many games that you would actually say were more kind of eye popping in terms of how much they were doing at 60 frames a second. And I mean, it had it to me, although it was obviously a Nintendo IP, it felt like something that Sega could have gone on to make for the Dreamcast, albeit it wouldn't have been called F-Zero, but it would have been, you know, Sega Future Racer or whatever.
1: Yeah. I remember um, doing these sort of uh, gameplay presentation sessions when I was working at Nintendo of Europe at the online department and the Mm. head of the online department came by when uh, I was uh, showing off to my colleagues F-Zero GX, which is, of course, already years old by that time. It was in 2008 or 2009 or thereabouts. Right. I was trying to remember
0: it, if you'd overlapped with this tool.
1: Yeah, no, I, was, uh, I, w- I wasn't was there yet. But then he was looking at the screen while I was showing it to the rest of my colleagues, and he was saying, this is on the GameCube? Yeah, yeah. And he said, like, how is this better looking than anything uh, so far on the Wii? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Sadly, it never even got a, like a, even a a kind of Wii re release would have been, would have been nice, something. Yeah.
1: And it's, it just really has this uh, very strong, super smooth and polished arcade feel to it, of course, uh, with the Nagoshi's team behind their Sega AV. Um, The arcade release AX was, uh, uh, yeah, developed on sort of a bespoke hardware the the Mm. Triforce arcade board which was a collaboration of Sega Nintendo and Namco yeah uh really cool and yeah it's just this this I don't know if it it, for me this is this edges out OutRun 2 as maybe the best arcade racer of all time Mm. and not only that just the levels just speaking very broadly the levels of polish And content that is there and nuance and the finely tuned controls really helped by, of course, the amazing analog stick of the GameCube controller, which also had already had proved itself with Super Monkey Ball. Mm. Um, Yeah, makes this not only maybe the greatest arcade arcade racer of all time for me, but even just one of the greatest games of all time. This is really top of the epic shelf for me.
0: So, I can understand those feelings. I bought this game day one, was hugely excited for it, loved Nagoshi's work, loved nintendo's work um had really enjoyed f zero x five years earlier, and probably for some of the time in between um but I ended up not playing this as much as x um and at some point, I actually sold my copy. I'm not sure exactly why um I think it was it was i don't know yeah i'm not I'm not sure when or why. Um, shout out to a long-term friend and supporter, uh, Ben Ford, who very kindly, when I mentioned this at some point on another podcast, gifted me a copy uh, <laughs> last year. Um, yeah, I think it would have been last year, if not earlier this year. Um, so yeah, very, very thankful to him. Hope he's listening. Um, really amazing to play this again. Um, but I think the the reason that, I perhaps got fed up with it last time is is that almost sarcastic level of difficulty <laughs> that the game has where this is
1: something that makes it very hard to get into the game uh at first definitely not as friendly and welcoming as F0X uh and I didn't buy F0GX immediately when it came out uh, me and my wife had just moved into our first apartment and uh, I kind of had to fight tooth and nail for every video game purchase. I had to really go into some uh, long drawn-out arguments over that. So I got it maybe half a year or a year later after it came out. But when it did, and I also I had similar issues just getting into the game just with the wall difficulty. Mm-hmm. But in so many ways, F Z R G X contributed to me sort of embracing again arcade style gaming to where initially the challenges seem impossible, but once you start persisting and you look like, you know, you one week later, all of a sudden you're doing things just by pure persistence and by practicing that sure. you thought were completely impossible a week before that. And then another week later, and you're already doing crazy things aside from that. And that is such a intensely gratifying sensation. Just, you know overcoming that and becoming one with the game and and developing these uh what you first thought would have been godlike skills yeah and I, I, and i i i know what that's
0: like and i and i do appreciate it but i think for me like uh, uh, yeah i've gone th- i've been playing this again for the first time in years can't remember when i when i sold it quite a while ago and um gone back to it and part of me absolutely loves it like when it's good it's yeah it's blisteringly glorious um obviously you know the graphics have aged somewhat i don't have a cathode ray tube so i'm not seeing it as its best but it looks quite rough on a modern setup and even just i'm just used to being able to see more detail pixels and light and things like that to tell me where i am and all that kind of stuff but as we said like with when when we were doing i did the you know the gamecube version of pikmin on the wii after a while, even if you're not playing the HD version, your brain kind of clicks back into 480p mode or whatever it is. And so that becomes less of an issue. But for me, it's a combination of, yeah, like I, I love, I do love that feeling of, you know, getting better and mastering things that you think are impossible. But the combination of I've never had the greatest fine thumb motor skills. Like I've I've, I've got by, I've completed a lot of games I'm going to say it 47 platinum balloons on Diddy Kong racing, you know, (laughs) but but, um, this game demands extraordinarily crisp and precise thumb movements.
1: I was uh, confronted with that again today. Yeah.
0: I I don't think I ever quite had the level that this game requires to fully beat it. And I think at 51, it's just, it's probably never going to happen. So (laughs) there's almost this sense of kind of why bother, Because, like, I can probably, I I reckon, I mean, I don't know. I I don't don't mean to sound either down on the game or defeatist. I'm just giving the reasons why this game that I know for a lot of people, including yourself, is so, so special. There are actually some aspects of it which are just a bit, like, it's not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying, like, for me, it's just, it's too demanding. It's so fast and so hard and... And I've got all these other games to play, and I'm. I'm, And again, I want to thank Ben. I'm so happy I've got this in my collection again because I still have a blast when I'm putting it on. But then when I keep getting to like one track on, like one of the later tracks on a cup, and I just keep falling off the track over and (laughs) over again. Like even on X, it was never that brutal. Um, And and as for the story mode, which is legendary stuff, even when I first played this back in when I was what 31. Yeah. Absolutely no chance I was ever going to beat that. It's ridiculous.
1: I completed <laughs> it.
0: But for me, I've, it's ridiculous. Repl- I
1: replayed those chapters oh, so well. much. It's it's insane.
0: I'm 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 pleased because I I think um even some of the videos I've watched and stuff of people saying oh I love this game but I've never finished story mode so yeah. so h- hats off to you, Mikael for going through that but it was
1: I especially remember this uh, one track which is like a shortened F-Zero race in, in a casino track where yeah. you play as Captain Falcon in disguise because nobody is, is to know because of a bet that it's actually Captain Falcon racing <laughs> uh, and you have to come in first and it's insane the track is like crazy like square corners and everything and one little bump Is all into anything is all it takes to lose that race, and at one point I realized why not put all the power before the start of the race on top speed because you're gonna lose if you make any mistake on that track anyway. So why not you know screw acceleration, why not throw it all the way on top speed, and that's (laughs) in the end with because I replayed the track so many times and I had it completely memorized. That's what. Got me to That's win generally that my strap for, for, for the
0: cups as well. Just like there's no yeah. point in because like you've got a wipeout was the same in that yeah. Yeah. to get really to 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 complete the game you had to learn all the tracks and how to do them at top speed in the fastest craft. Yeah. Um. But you know we talked a lot before about we all have although we can push it, we all have different ability ceilings ultimately, and some games. And, and it's all by design Nagoshi said like this game he, he kind of said I'm sorry if you found it really hard but I wanted it to be that way and you do get like when you do win a cup it is like you know a proper punch the air or if you managed to if you manage to take out a rival that you know is gonna mean that you only need a couple of points from the race that's the thing I really like about this is the flexibility that okay. even if you like there's um even on the second cup big blue at the start it's quite easy to end up finishing like 24th on there or whatever because because it's got that horrible tunnel in it with the zigzag if you mess that up uh, yeah chicane kind of if uh, you mess that up but then that's not game over because you've still got four more races yeah in which two of which are quite easy relatively (laughs) and the others you can kind of yeah have fun kind of trying to take out your opponents so there's a lot yeah and you will get better by playing of course you will but yeah it's that kind of some games are just beyond the ceiling i also found sorry keep going the um the calibrate stick is handy in this game because by default it's super 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 tight so um and uh playing in low latency mode on even on a lcd it's just too twitchy for me like to control yeah. so i actually went in and um altered the calibration so i've got a little bit more dead zone and that, right. that that actually helps me yeah
2: yeah
1: yeah on the crt if it, it just feels perfect the way the way it is you know? yeah. Um it does on a low but, latency
0: as well it's like you it's no different
1: yeah so the thing is i yeah. hadn't played the game in a long time because you know so many other things to, to play even <laughs> though i wish i could dedicate more time to it because even after all these years I still have some ways to go to 100%. It's that it's that incredibly oh, challenging. Yeah, yeah. And uh it's uh I just got smacked in the face because of being out of it for so long with the difficulty all over again. And I just had to I was starting on expert. Uh like, oh, let, let me just run through the cups on expert, you know, master I haven't unlocked everywhere yet. Let me just go through an expert. No, 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 no. That was not getting me anywhere. I actually had to start all over again in novice and sort of relearn the controls and relearn the nuances again. And just getting into, like you're talking about the fine motor skills, it comes down to millimeters of thump movement sometimes yeah. uh, in in how precise you have to be to, yeah, to, to get ahead and to succeed, yeah. uh, especially on the higher difficulties. And you're, you're going to have to push that uh, boost button to the absolute limit <laughs> and beyond to to get ahead of the, the rest of the pack of racers and not crash into anything. Constant
0: alert time. alarm. Yeah, whoop, yeah, whoop, yeah,
1: yeah. Whoop, whoop. If, if you're not constantly in danger, you're doing it wrong on those higher difficulties. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but so,
0: so exhilarating. Ryan from the Slack says, GX is my favorite in the series. There are a lot of baffling decisions. The story mode is way too hard. And it's weird having to buy the next chapter of the story from the in-game shop rather than having it unlocked through progress. But so many amazing touches. The lightning that shoots out of the cars when they boost still looks incredible. And it's super cool that every driver has their own theme song that plays in their character profile. It feels like a lot of effort for not much in-game payoff. But I used to listen to the soundtrack on its own all of the time. The Octoman theme was a favorite of mine cool blend of music from poppier types of songs to genuinely kind of scary gloom and doom type tracks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I prefer the soundtrack here to the all out, uh, scrungy rock of X, although that does have a certain personality, but actually in terms of enjoyable listening, I think, um,
1: it's a lot of variety on here.
0: Yeah. There's some, there, there is some more guitar led stuff, but they also obviously perhaps took a little influence from the idea that, um, Electronica has a kind of built-in futurism to it. Andrew Elmore says, This one is almost intimidating to talk about. I have the utmost respect and admiration for everyone at Amusement Vision, and I adore the game they created. I love the way Nintendo was able to recruit Sega and Namco during the GameCube era to really get out there and experiment with their properties. I wish we could see more of that again. Amusement Vision, previously AM4, would of course go on to become, through a series of mergers and acquisitions, the famed Ryuga Gotoku Studio, which also explains F-Zero GX's having been built on a modified version of the Super Monkey Ball engine. F-Zero GX sees the series at the absolute peak of its precision tuning. It both provides and requires a level of memorised familiarity in addition to highly attentive reflexes to such a degree that it feels akin to playing an extremely difficult shooting game. It's a legendarily difficult game, but I feel that the handling, physics, art direction and track design are also masterfully crafted and assembled that even if you're coming in dead last every time, there's still a tremendous amount of fun to be had here. The game just moves at what feels like an impossible pace, and it generously extends a hand, offering to take you on the most whiplash-inducing thrill ride ever devised by human hands and minds. That's an offer I'll happily take again and again for the rest of my days. What a game. Yeah, I don't mind finishing thirtieth every time as much as I mind getting game overed on the fifth track of a GP because because i am flown <laughs> off the track.
1: Yeah. yeah, and then you don't get you don't get the interview then. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, Lilly from the forum says the visuals sublime, the speed mind melting, the control so precise. It got plenty of multiplayer sessions, but the real joy was when my good friend Mus. After finally giving in to my goading and playing through Dark Souls, challenged me to beat Story Mode. It's one of the hardest gaming feats I ever undertook, but pulling it off felt glorious. It's a crime that this hasn't at the very least been given a lick of paint and an HD release with online multiplayer. Yeah, well, we've had Pikmin 1 and 2 now. But I assume it's slightly more complicated with this because... Or is it? I don't know. Maybe, Maybe Nintendo just owns it outright because it's F-Zero and they can release it if Should they want be, to. Right. So yeah. just do it. It's easy, right? Yeah. We're still waiting for Metroid Primes 2 and 3, of course. <laughs> uh, Richard Perryman from our Patreon says, I hadn't played F-Zero GX on the GameCube until t- nearly 20 years after its release. It's perhaps not only the most challenging yet extraordinarily racing game I've ever played. This game is why there is no new version. It's practically perfect in every way. And no more Spiros from the forum says, In my mind, there are two types of F Zero games. On the one hand, you have titles like the Super NES Original and Maximum Velocity. These are ones where victory is handled primarily through expert handling of your vehicle and knowledge of the course layout. Even when you're in first place, you aren't guaranteed to win, since NPC vehicles are peppered throughout to make you swivel out of the way just enough to make you either fall behind or hit a game ending obstacle. The second, and more popular, are those such as X and GX, where you're more likely to win by being the last vehicle on the track, with fewer stage boundaries, a lot more characters and benefits provided for making as many drivers retire as possible. It feels less like a race than a destruction derby. Sure, you can win through the same methods that would work in the other half of the series, but doing so is an exercise in futility once you start aiming for the harder cups and higher difficulties. Suffice to say, I prefer the former category, I like that F Zero has created an identity with the destructive side of things, but I find a lot more satisfaction from learning the layout of the tracks rather than being rather than them being elaborate playgrounds where I'm meant to memorize where and when to shove someone into the abyss. More than anything, credit where it's due, attempts have been made to combine the two, namely GP Legend and the Japan-exclusive Climax. But I feel like the perfect blend still hasn't been found yet. Perhaps that would be the key to the series getting its off-requested new installment. And when that happens, I'm looking forward to
1: getting boost power once again. Mm, I would kind of uh, disagree with the analysis. I think it's the flexibility that makes uh, X and GX great. And that you can either go... In, in certain vehicles, you better not start ramming uh, enemies mm. with it because they're very fragile and brittle, you know? Mm. So that flexibility of uh, either going for a race and sometimes like just pure racing or... Sometimes you can try to salvage like uh, a failing um, ranking by uh, by doing precisely that, but yeah, it's it, it's kind of a, like a, a player choice you make. It's true, but
0: I suppose for those of us who don't feel like we'll ever be capable of racing the fastest and most fragile craft successfully through the track, we're kind of therefore railroaded into being a destruction derby kind of experience. If if you know if we literally think we're not going to be capable of actually mastering the track at speeds that our, we, our eyes are barely able to process. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's difficult. Talking about the arcade version, AX Buscalilli says, I've had a couple of chances to play AX. There's a map on Google of where machines can be found. And I hiked 20 kilometers across Tokyo to play one at the start of 2019. F0GX essentially, but played with a wheel joystick thing while sitting in a moving cockpit. Incredible. I also played one in Sapporo, but the boost button was busted. So it was literally impossible to maintain a lead after the first lap. I ain't got boost power.
1: That will sound good.
0: So yeah, the anime ran uh, originally in Japan from October 2003 all the way through nearly a year to September 2004. 51 weeks, 51 shows. And that was that. Um, I don't have anything more to say on it, other than it's interesting that Nintendo made it, or you know, commissioned it, or whatever. they involved that was.
1: Octoman got its own uh, episode yeah. dedicated to I don't know its motivations. Can... I
0: didn't find any mention of uh, merchandising because set of figures. Obviously, we've got some uh, some amiibo and stuff, but thinking about the old trophies in the earlier Smash Brothers games, there were quite a few. F-Zero riders in those, weren't there? Ryan again from our Slack channel says, boiling the series down to its key characteristics, F-Zero requires two things, insanely high speeds and its vehicles to not touch the ground. Lack of friction, necessarily a bit floaty. Challenges have to be built around these concepts and I think the fully 3D games do this better than the Mode 7 and Mode 7 styled games. 2D F-Zero games maintain a mostly flat terrain so challenges must come from tight turns whereas the 3D games have a lot more flexibility to utilize the texture of the track to introduce interesting challenges. One of my favorite small touches in the series is F-Zero GX Sand Ocean stage. There's the stretch near the end with a raceway higher at the left side and lower on the right connected by a gentle yet pronounced slope. This turns into such an interesting physics puzzle as you're trying to muscle ahead of other racers in the final stretch of the course. The slope becomes a ramp you can use to hop your vehicle. It becomes a hazard you can push enemies down. It becomes a risky trail you can hug to try to squeeze between the other racers who will typically choose either the portions of the track that are flat on the left or right. It's a small touch, but it creates such an interesting dynamic proposition. Similarly, whether we are on the inside or the outside of it, cylindrical tracks are thrilling this is the kind of course design that makes the series really stand out in 3D. 2D F-Zeros can't really match that.
1: Yeah, the flatness of the 2D F-Zeros is definitely makes them feel more limited for sure.
2: Yeah. it it The, the 3D genuinely felt like a true evolution of what the game was. Um, it didn't feel like it was the same thing in 3D. It you know, it was an evolution of the formula to the next step of the things that were possible to elevate the experience of racing in that environment. I totally get that. As much as I love those 2D games, the thrill of hitting those tube cylindrical tracks and the speed of F-Zero X and, to a degree, GX um, are beyond what I've ever experienced playing the 2D versions, despite loving them so much.
0: So the penultimate F-Zero release. Actually, no, the pen penultimate because of things changed suddenly a few weeks <laughs> yeah. ago. Uh, F-Zero GP Legend. This is another GBA game. Ties in with the anime series, the aforementioned. <clears throat> Arrived in 2003 in Japan and did come out in both Europe and the US. June in the EU, 2004, and September in the USA. Um, I guess around the time they were starting to show the anime in in America, uh, and I, I'm not sure how many episodes they got in before they stopped showing it. Um, now, this game sold only ten thousand units in Japan. Did sell a hundred thousand in the US, though. But even so, the total has uh, has dropped yet again from its predecessor quite substantially. This one did get reviewed around the place and averaged 76 uh, percent, the lowest so far. Ryan said one of the GBA games, I forget which one, it's the one that's very story and cutscene heavy, which I think is this one, has an absolutely useless minimap. The map shows the track, but they filled in all of the negative space with lines and shapes that must represent the city around it or the landscape features. Whatever it is, it makes the map entirely unreadable. I don't understand that decision.
1: it's kind of heartbreaking to see that Nintendo put so much behind uh, pushing F-Zero as a franchise and the universe they created a Mm. uh, 51 episode anime for it uh, with all those goofy characters in there and then this story focused F-Zero game Um, yeah and it's just it it never panned out and I think it's probably a major factor why the, uh, the series just kind of petered out after that. No doubt. No doubt. at yeah.
2: all. But you've also got to look at the hardware that they released it on. Huh? Yeah. Like, I get that the, the the GBA was by no means a small seller or a, no, a, no. A, an insubstantial device. But it was not the GameCube. It was not even the Wii. It was not, um, you know, the, the, the DS, for example, when that came about, it was... Put out at that time on the machine where it was probably least likely to thrive.
0: Well, I think that's the most true of this final release before the, yeah. the recent one, F Zero Climax, which only came out in Japan in two thousand and four, was another, is basically a direct follow up to to the Legends game uh, and another, I think, anime tie in. Um, only released in Japan, didn't get reviewed anywhere. We were literally, I think, weeks away from the DS launching and it sold a reported 5000 units so that's yeah that's pretty much a tanking uh, these were made by um Suzak Incorporated uh worked with uh, Nintendo on various um projects but um i don't think i don't necessarily think they were a disastrous studio to hand it to they just, um, they were just, yeah, given this late-era GBA project, and almost nobody was interested at this point. Yeah. Not even the Japanese press reviewed it. I mean, that's unusual. It's rough, isn't yeah. it? And that we thought was the end for F Zero. It would be nice if they brought all three of those games to the uh, to the Switch online, yeah. especially as there is, I mean i don't i think they've done this for other things there is a fan translation of the final game f-zero climax that came out a couple of years ago october 2021 a complete um fan localization for for english language so
2: but anyway it would be cool to get because i mean you've got basically two trilogies haven't you you've got the handheld trilogy Mm -hmm. and you've got the home console trilogy yeah
0: it would be nice and they and and they've uh, they've shown they're not shy about releasing games that are Japanese only on the on different regions of Switch online service. Yeah. So, yeah, just do it. Although, you know, maybe they're afraid that it will take away from the player numbers of F099. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a shock, wasn't it? So, there we we were a few weeks ago watching uh, a Nintendo Direct. There was some stuff on it, you know. The usual takes this was the worst nintendo direct ever this was the best nintendo direct ever blah, blah 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 but i don't one thing i don't think anyone had predicted was the latest game in the 99 series of online games following tetris pac-man and i suppose super mario 35 was f-zero uh now darren sort of i think you know just in 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 jest <clears throat> but i think rather unkindly described this as a rom hack but I think that's very much doing it a disservice. f 99 is a free-to-play, fully-featured F-Zero Battle Royale. It is ostensibly based around the SNES original, but actually it's been completely recoded from the ground up. It's, uh, it may look like Mode 7 and sprites, but it's all polygons. Um, the mechanics are very different. It feels slightly different to play, although it's familiar. Um, I've played this a fair amount like not tons and tons. I know some people have been absolutely hooked on it. I think it's doing really well. Um, It doesn't really, I suppose, from my point of view, I wouldn't say it necessarily has the same kind of appeal as either the original SNES game or even the concept of a 30-player online GX. But I do think it's good fun. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed playing it. Has anyone else had a go of this?
2: I haven't yet. Uh, the reason being, me and my partner, we moved uh, a lot of stuff around the house, and you know, we, when we did like a big spring clean, and one of the things that got packed away were uh, my switch uh, power lead, um, and I wasn't able to generate the power with the mobile uh, charging devices that I can with that plug, so I was unable to power it in docked mode. Um, And obviously, therefore, charge it. I could trickle charge it, but it was just an absolute nightmare, and I hate leaving my Switch around. So circumstantially, it was a bit of a pain, but over the weekend, uh, we were moving stuff around, and one of the things that we found was the bag that actually had my Switch cable in. So my Switch is actually set up and charging literally a foot away from me right now with the pure intention of downloading this. I've I've got the subscription and everything um, uh, already going. So I will be playing it. I just haven't played it yet. But the fact that this game, look, (laughs) it's a wild time because anyone that thinks that I get angry over the fact we haven't had a Splinter Cell in a while doesn't really understand the fury that I've shown for not having an F Zero in twenty years, Um, and the, the the fact that it almost got to the point where you know we we'd left the GameCube and it was right, right. Well, we'll definitely get an F Zero for the Wii. Like the Wii so big, we're guaranteed mm. an F Zero game. The Wii comes and goes, and you're like, right, well, okay, the Wii U, we're, we're definitely getting one. And then the Switch comes around, and we're like, go to what I was saying. Like, what an obvious device. And then you start to resign yourself, of, we're never getting an F Zero game. When you get another, in that time frame, you get a Kid Icarus game and you get another Pilot Wings game, and you're like, what does Pilot Wings, what does, does F Zero need to do to get another game? And I've resigned myself to the fact that that that's it. Like that, Nintendo are very happy to just basically can that franchise. It was very easy on. to
1: read Mario Kart uh, Eight as uh, sort of the a little bone to throw the F Zero fans and mm. say like, okay, you yeah. know, we're gonna incorporate incorporate some uh, F Zero <laughs> concepts with anti gravity and fly- uh, going upside down. We we'll throw some DLC Ironically, tracks Wipo in there.
0: Plays more like Mario Kart than F Zero does. Yeah, uh, exactly.
1: Yeah. So it's almost like that. You know, some of the F-Zero elements in Mario Kart 8 were like, okay, you know, this is what few, you're going to get. We'll just fuse some of those elements in there.
0: A few words from Nintendo basically saying that, you know, there is no there is no dead IP, like it's yeah. not dead, it's just sleeping kind of thing. So. We say, and of course, you know they knew about this last time they said that. So, um, I suppose. It,
2: well, I hope that this kicks up enough well, that's further it. for yeah. people to go. It seems to you be. You know what? This, this might work. It
0: seems to be highly populated, but it is, yeah, it is fundamentally a slightly different experience. But I think, yeah, a highly enjoyable one. Uh, reviews have been really
1: good. It's got eighty-three percent on Open Critic. Are you given it a go yet, Mikael? No, um, I should probably just download it to, so to add to the interest for F Zero. Uh, it doesn't really appeal to me that much, the Battle Royale 99 players kind of thing. Although I think the idea is very cool and very well suited for F-Zero. Mm. Um, and also, I don't want to invest time in a game uh, and and practice at it and try to become better at it. Uh, you know, with the the very real risk that it's just going to be taken away at one point. Again. I was
0: going to mention that because yeah, Pac Man ninety nine's been taken out of service, uh, and exactly. I actually I actually bought DLC for that one. Um, yeah, which which is sort of annoying. Um, this one doesn't have any micro microtransactions at the moment, and I suspect that it will be around a bit longer. But yeah, they also decommissioned Super Mario thirty five. Yeah, um, Tetris is still going. Because it's Tetris and it still does well. This one, yeah, who knows? We we don't yeah. know. But I mean, it's no it's no money investment, as you say. But it's a exactly potential I should just time investment. Download and install. It's just it, worth uh, it. It's uh, worth it's worth a, mess around with it for definitely a worth yeah. a go. It's yeah. by um, so it's by Nintendo Software Technology. Um, oh, yeah. They
1: haven't been doing a whole lot, uh, yeah, with developing games or releasing games in the past years.
0: But um, they've done some good stuff in the past um, with. Uh, Wave Race, Blue Storm, and um, 1080
1: Avalanche, 1080
0: Avalanche, stuff like that. Yeah, they've they've been they've been handed a lot of sort of uh, Nintendo platters. Um, yeah, and of course, you know, we should mention there have been mooted or rumoured sequel possibilities. Uh, some have been pitched Nintendo. There was a talk of a Criterion one some years ago. Um, I think one that got even closer was uh, Giles Goddard's studio. The High game, something like that. So Giles Goddard is um the guy who uh programmed Mario's face and also worked with um Miyamoto on the original Star Fox and uh also worked on I think ten eighty, the original ten eighty. So that would have made a lot of sense. He's got a long, long history, incredible programmer. Um he was saying exactly like kind of like what shinen did with the fast racing games he was basically saying you don't need a massive team to make this and you don't need a huge budget uh, even to make something that is like up there with gx because of the way development is now and the way technology is now yeah, i suppose in the same way that the team that was amusement vision makes these uh, yakuza games at a relatively for a relatively modest budget on relatively modest tech um the, the nature of a racing game is even more like that in that I think um so the fast racing series, which which we have mentioned, I was gonna say it's essentially it's a Nintendo only trilogy. We We You and Switch. There's gonna be another one at some point, they've pretty much confirmed, is probably in some ways the closest thing to a spiritual, a true spiritual yeah. successor.
1: Looks more like Wipeout plays more like F Zero. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and uh Fast Racing Neo and Fast Racing RMX is more like an enhanced or expanded edition of fast racing neo yeah it's not really a new installment uh but it even has the f-zero gx announcer in there so yeah. it definitely you know bring brings back some of those feelings when you play that game
0: yeah and it also gives you an idea of how good that say the the gx version could look with a with a little coat yeah. of coat of paint oh, yeah um, the
1: games technically look amazing they, they, they don't may... really nail it in terms of gameplay as far as i'm concerned but yeah uh,
0: yeah they look fantastic they reviewed quite well viable alternatives for for, yeah. mo- for many people yeah made, with, They're made good, with yeah made with a team of three people i think and um with plus like a commissioned musician and announcer so like yeah. i mean that's pretty phenomenal really
1: yeah
0: you know what that's all about Mikhail, indeed, and um, yeah. what, what one can achieve but yes so i'm the only one here who's played f099 but we also have Dermot Di Cocho, I think, from our Patreon. Apologies. You may have told me before how to pronounce your lovely Italian name. I may have murdered it. But anyway, Dermot says, I've dabbled with the series over the years, but I can't stop playing 99. Admittedly, I'm not very good, but I've managed to score a night League GP win. The stars and planets must have aligned that day. Although my relationship with red bumpers seems irreparable, it won't stop me chasing another GP win to add to my trophy cabinet. Yeah, it's got a nice, um, quite a compelling progression system and various uh, cosmetic unlocks and things like that. I think your kids would enjoy it, Mchill. Yeah,
1: certainly. probably.
0: Um, yeah, I, I, I think don't go into it expecting like GX two or whatever. It's a very <laughs> oh, different, a no, no, no. uh, very different type of thing. But if you take it on its own terms, I think there's a uh, yeah, it's a it's a really nice slick little product. And what a nice surprise, you know, just suddenly boom, here's some F zero. Yeah. Um, we shall see what it means. So, other than things like this, uh, the bits of F Zero have appeared in things like Smash Brothers. Obviously, Captain Falcon probably more well known. He's actually is he a no? He hasn't quite appeared in 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 more Smash games than he has F Zero games at this point. Sure, not not it's, uh, yet. It's it's close though.
2: Yeah, Uh Plus than it should be.
0: Mario Kart we had the had his car in it, I think. But Mario Kart Eight, as we've said, actually has full blown kind of inspired tracks and music. Uh, Nintendo Land, which we covered a while back, has an F-Zero inspired event, doesn't it? Yep, it does. Check out our Nintendo Land show for more on that one. Super Mario Maker, check out our uh, Super Mario Maker show as well. Had some unlockable F-Zero content, I think, costumes and such characters.
1: Yeah, the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'd forgotten this, but way back early wii u era when they released tekken tag tournament 2 which is uh which is a fine entry into that series if you like a 3d polygon brawler the wii u version has some costumes
1: from f-zero as well right. so you can give paul phoenix uh captain falcon outfit something probably. like that like a falcon punch easy. yeah yeah yeah
0: jean fred from our Patreon says, we had a second hand copy of F-Zero on the SNES and I loved it. While Super Mario Kart was no slog, it happily bobs along compared to the sheer speed of F-Zero and the constant struggle to keep control of your vehicle. I love the controls. Being able to use the shoulder buttons to swerve instead or in addition to turning with the D-pad, I also remember realising, amazed, that I could control the length of jumps mid-air with up and down. It's essential info. But it was hard. While I could finish the night League, I'm not sure I ever beat the Queen League and certainly not the King League. F-Zero was great, but it was held back by the lack of multiplayer. My brother and I spent countless hours battling in Super Mario Kart, but we never could with F-Zero. Finally, if I think of F-Zero, the first thing that comes to my memory is speed of a different kind. Slotting the cartridge in, switching the console on and bam, the title screen is already there. Just turning on a modern TV takes longer than that. Maybe you need an even more modern TV by the sounds of it. (laughs) I remember TVs that actually had to warm up when you turned them on. (laughs) That's how old I am. Joe Bobonobo from the forum says, I really would love Nintendo to do a proper new entry in the series. Their propensity to flat out ignore certain series for decades is frustrating, to say the least. But to end on a happier note, a great series of races that are highly recommended to anyone who likes sci-fi, silliness, Mixed with high-speed action. Also got some three-word reviews from... That place. <laughs> Follow us at Kane and Rinse on social media platforms.
2: Andy Neal. Very bloody fast.
1: Seibutsu says, Big Blue Beats. Core Gamer Treff. I know those guys. Ah. They say, Bring This Back. They just did.
2: do. Blistering fast challenge.
1: Alex Dola says 99 is my favorite. And Robin Hoodie says concept perfectly realized.
0: Thank you, one and all. It's one of those shows where I feel like we've kind of uh, given our feelings as we've gone along, but a quick wrap up from each of us. I'll go first. Uh, yes, so I don't feel like I'm a, an F Zero, like devotee super fan or whatever they're not quite epic shelf games for me but i really like them in the way that you know a fun series of games over the last 30 plus years has given me a lot of enjoyment and a certain amount of frustration as well f-zero x is uh, easy to find and play as is the original you've got a, a switch or various other devices and um definitely worth checking out i think um I think the original still actually has quite a lot to offer, even though it is of its time. Things like, um, one thing we didn't mention earlier is just how precise you have to be on the boost pads on the original game to actually get the boost from them. Uh, and that's sort of slightly weird steering yeah. that you get from those games. You really need to hit them in the middle. Yeah. Things, yeah. Whereas, uh, certainly by the time of GX, you just need to clip a corner and you get the full, the full effect. And it's, um, yeah, you can tell that over a decade has passed between the first and the, the third in the main series uh yeah like x is probably the one i've played the most as i said and i have a lot of fond memories of it even though it was yeah never the prettiest or uh or or technically the, the best sounding it was uh they made the right decision i think to focus on the the frame rate and the and the 30 individual vehicles so there's always in a in a way that the snes game can sometimes feel predictable and repetitive with its rubber banding AI and same little group of vehicles that feel like they're ganging up on you the The sequels feel like they're like anything's possible in any particular race because there's so much kind of chaos random factors and AI going on the The third game is probably like it's the one I'd say is kind of objectively. My favourite, but I have less kind of warm feelings for it just because it's so hard to finish, (laughs) so hard to actually get really good at. It demands so much of the player. Now, that won't be off-putting for some, and that's fine. Um, Also, obviously, 20 years down the line, it looked absolutely phenomenal, state-of-the-art, 20 years ago, and now it looks quite blocky and blurry. which is a shame and which is why I think Nintendo should do what they've done with Pikmin and Metroid Prime and re-release it, maybe even save it for the Switch 2, make it a Switch 2 launch title. Why not? Add in some of the modern bells and whistles, such as online play, give it a lovely, crispy polish up. And um, and I'd be more likely, I think, even without the barriers of just having to set up an old console and, and all that sort of thing, just to have it nice looking and ready to go, I think I'd be quite likely to go back and bang my head against it all over again. That said, once again, we well, can't stress enough: this game is really hard, like too hard for me. I think
1: um, we're to- gonna need uh, GameCube controller compatibility yet again.
0: Well, that's true. You can get the uh, you can get the adapter and stuff, but I think actually, yeah, yeah. I think this game's absolutely fine to play with a with a Switch Pro controller um the gamecube controller isn't really much much different in form factor it's not quite like the the difficulties in playing n64 games with a with a pro controller where your hands are actually kind of in the wrong place and stuff um but anyway yes uh great fun series i'm glad it's sort of been slightly revived with a fun new instalment that you can play for now so even if you just want to hear some of the music remixed you can Download f zero ninety nine 99 for free and just have a few races and uh, you might get hooked, as some of our listeners appear to have done. Carl?
2: Yes, yeah, so uh, something tells me all of our wrap-ups are going to be somewhat similar <laughs> regarding what we've seen Nintendo do with the Metroid Prime um, remaster. And it always felt like if there were one or two games that were screaming for that Nintendo love, over on the switch for quite a while it was on f-zero gx and it was on metroid prime and we've got one of them and when you see the magic that was worked with that remaster and you think what could be with f-zero gx where it would be that slick beautiful 60 frames a second it would be that enhanced resolution the sharper textures the better lighting effects it could be quite something and As an aside to this, I've actually very recently gone back to the Wipeout Omega collection Mm. on the Mm. PlayStation. So I've been playing on the PS5, but it was a PS4 Mm. release. And it includes one Vita game in there and the PS3 game plus the DLC. And that game is stunning. Like way better than Mm. I remember it being when I got that game five years ago and obviously the originals. And I'm playing it. And I've always loved Wipeout. But every time I play a Wipeout, I think of F Zero, and it just knowing that this issue was coming out and playing that, and don't get me wrong, it is brilliant, and I would love an uh, a comparative collection of both the handheld and Hi. the home console releases on on Nintendo, but we generally don't see that. Um, As much as I love F-Zero X, I think it would be F-Zero GX would be the one I would want to see remastered or an entirely new sequel. And you've kind of stepped on my toes a little bit in regards to the Switch 2. That's where I want to see it, and I want to see it with 120 frames a second or more. (laughs) Um, you know, is that asking you, too much? Are you listening? Well, it's no? yeah, are you waiting this down? twenty years you for another F zero. Um, but the the idea of one hundred and twenty mm. frames a second, no. zero latency in handheld
0: mode, of course, oh, yeah,
2: pretty much unbelievable. Like that would be the dream, right? So that's kind of what my my hopes are for. And there probably couldn't have been a more positive blip before this podcast when F zero ninety nine came out of nowhere with us recording, you know, we've already said that we influence the game. Oh yeah. Circle. Deeply. No question. Talking about something. It's happened too many times for it to be a coincidence. (laughs) Um, So everybody who loves F-Zero, you're welcome. Firstly. (laughs) And secondly, give me a F-Zero GX remaster on the switch. I will be very happy. Give me a new F-Zero on the switch Two or whatever we're calling that. All my, I am there day one buying that. That is the dream it's the Nintendo franchise I love the most that isn't Mario. Mm. Yes, I do love it more than Zelda. Um, I just, I need more F-Zero in my life. And if that's a remaster of GX, I will be more than happy with that. Could happen.
1: I M- think that's something that we can all get behind. More F-Zero in our lives.
0: Any? <laughs> do you want to just <laughs>
1: that or you want to expand? <laughs> yeah, no, it's Tough tough for me to follow up that grandiose monologue that Carl just delivered. Um, I'm going to dial it back and make it a little bit more smaller and personal, I guess. Um, That first year of Super Nintendo releases, uh, I just come to realize time and again just how formative and important many of those games that were coming out have been for me. You know, you got Street Fighter 2, you got Super Mario World, you got uh, The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. Mm -hmm. And you got, of course, F-Zero, which has been very special to me indeed. Uh, The first game has made a massive impact on me. F-Zero X was uh, a highlight on the N64 for me, one of the very best games on the system uh, that I've enjoyed for the longest time. And then um, on the GameCube, F-Zero GX just kind of, Managed to transcend all of that and become something truly great in the overall gaming landscape for me. Something that really stands on on, on yeah on very rare heights, uh, and something that I'm definitely not done with. And then uh, I have still some ways to go in, you know, 100%ing it, uh, pushing myself even further. <laughs> Of course a lot of other games came out in between uh then and now and it's uh, only going to get
0: harder as you go yeah
1: that have taken <laughs> taken uh you know my attention and there are having games on systems that i got much later uh, older systems and games have researched back in the past uh, or, or when have gone after that were released back in, before f-zero gx and yeah, I mean there's just, just so much to play in so little time, but uh yeah. GX is just like a, a shining beacon somewhere in all of that. And mm-hmm. yeah. Um I think it's hard for me uh to see where they could really improve the game other than that what we've talked about, you know, like make it uh make we'll it playable it. And, and look and look good on current systems. Uh at online play, you know, thirty people racing on the same track in an actual mm. race. How does that? How does that? How does that sound under those sort of crazy conditions? Uh, and uh, of course, you know, like maybe loosen up the difficulty a little bit, add some more more beginner-friendly, smoother div- difficulty curves uh, for people to start out with, yeah. in order not to just scare everybody away <laughs> that uh, <laughs> tries it the first time. And that that's about it. I mean, yeah, that's about all you can really do with it. And mm. yeah, I'd love to see it.
0: It's a tough sell because it only sold 700,000 copies or less, I suppose. Um, yeah. As in, it's a tough commission, tough pitch.
1: They got to do uh, the same as with uh, the wonderful one hundred one. Just, you know, give it a second chance. Give it a, Crowdfund give it, it another go around. <laughs> Crowdfund it. Yeah. Do <laughs> yeah. something. Maybe that's why Camille's left. Yeah. Camille could oh, get yeah. this to happen. He's, he's, he's on it for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, that was F Zero, all of it so far. Maybe we'll be back someday. Who knows? For now, it remains for me, Leon, to thank Carl, Michael, Ryan for his contributions, editor Jay, our other correspondents, and of course you for listening. Oh, well, next time in issue five hundred and ninety-two, some more GameCube era fun with Metroid Prime Two Echoes.